Yeah, g'day, mate. You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. National Party leader Christopher Luxon has announced a commitment to introduce tough anti-gang laws if brought to power next year. Sorry, something's going on. What is that? There we go. Sorry. National Party leader Christopher Luxon has announced a commitment to introduce tough anti-gang laws if brought to power next year. In a speech to party members at National's Northern Regional Conference, Luxon promised to give police new powers that would make life harder for criminal gangs. Luxon also announced that a national government would ban gang insignia from publicly accessible social media platforms alongside all public spaces. He said gangs were increasingly using social media platforms like TikTok and Instagram to market themselves and recruit young people, adding that he planned to target gangs online the same way violent extremists have been targeted and censored. On the subject of online censorship and how it relates to harmful online content, I spoke to Andrew Cushion, the injured... <coughs> excuse me the interim chief executive of Internet NZ, a not-for-profit organisation which supports the development of New Zealand's internet through policy, community grants and research. Here is our conversation. G'day, Andrew. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate that your time is valuable, so I just wanted to get a few uh, takes from you. Recently, national leader Christopher Luxon has said that if national are elected into power, they... They plan to target gangs online in the same way that they've done with, uh, in the same way that has been done with violent extremists, uh, how they've been targeted and widely censored. In your opinion, is this uh, a viable approach to the issue of gangs? Well, I think there's some fundamental issues and challenges with the approach that National was talking about here on cracking down with gangs on social media. In the first instance, National's taking the wrong cues, potentially, out of the work on violent extremism. That's been focused on uh, stopping the spread of information after the fact, after terrorist incidents, but also raised a lot of questions about the algorithmic basis that content is shared to allow dark, festery corners to grow online. That's different here from an individuals-based or content-based explicitly approach that doesn't really share too much in the way of hallmarks with what we're talking about in terms of violent extremism and raises some pretty thorny issues about how, about the civil liberties consequences of that and about the fact that these are still people that have a right to be online and share things with, with, their, with their friends and associates. Can you do more to help explain the difference between an individual-based approach and content-based approach when it comes to censorship? Um, And is it a bit of a catch-22? Do neither of them really quite achieve the targets they, or or in in Nationals' idea, you you kind of mentioned that they're using the wrong approach. Um, They're they're drawing from the violent extremism censorship, the the kind of wrong conclusions. Um, But could you explain a bit more about what the different options are? Nobody wants to see this sort of harm spread online here, but there's a careful set of balances that have to be struck in all of these areas between a freedom of expression and limiting of the harm-based approaches. And that's why ongoing conversations about the role of platforms to stop algorithmic-driven deepening of harm is so important. It's actually a bigger challenge and a bigger question than just specifically gang-related issues. On the gang-related challenges that this raises, well... I see that either a content-based approach could be taken or an individual one. An individual one's the easiest to describe. Seb, I know you're a gang member, therefore I'm going to stop you from posting things without seeing it first. 
and I know you're not a gang member, Seb, but you see what I mean here in terms of well, how, what have you done aside from the fact of being allegedly a member of a gang to warrant that sort of personal censorship being applied to you? Mm. That doesn't stack up. Mm. On a content-based approach, what are we looking for? Now, they've said that you can't display gang patches, but those things take a variety of different forms. So instead, are we actually talking about the use of certain words now that are censored? Mm. What if somebody like me shares a New Zealand Herald article that Mm. often uses gang patches in their imagery on social media? Mm. Would I be caught in a drift net like that? They've also said in the policy that tattoos won't be caught in this proposed policy. But what if your tattoo is of a gang patch, so to speak? Hasn't the same thing be achieved? Mm. Content-based approaches work off a known list of images. How do you define the known list here? And how do you stop that dragnet from catching the wrong things mm. and the wrong people? Well, is it is it algorithmic or is it or is are there people hired to kind of identify this content uh, and, and, and flag it? You know, who's deciding um, who's deciding on the censorship? Is it is it is it is it AI or is it or is it people who have the ability to discern between harmful and maybe harmless content? It's a really good question, um, and it's one of the big questions in the bigger picture piece about online extremism here. We can't really throw people at this, right, uh, across, the, across the social media landscape. I've seen statistics before that talk about how there are billions of pieces of content created each day. We, we don't possibly have enough people to throw at an active moderation stance across all of that. And even when we do throw people inside active content uh, content management, you see some of the horrible stories come out in terms of what the life and condition is like for the people that have to, have to judge that particular material. Um, but AI isn't up to the task either. We don't have the technology to do this at scale. Um, and that's one of the big set of challenges. Algorithms are a piece of the puzzle here, but that's more relevant on the violent extremist stuff in terms of driving and building communities that feed people even more extremist content that encourages them to do shitty things um, in the real world. That seems different here because we're talking about people presenting themselves as gang members and using that um, in order to foster and encourage and advertise the lifestyle and what they do. A really difficult thing to get on top of in this particular manner. Just digging into how censorship works at large, it's it's a bit confusing, and I'm unsure how does it work when you're dealing with these large private corporations like Zuckerberg's Meta or TikTok. Is it as easy as just asking them not to show certain types of content in specific countries? How much how much power do these companies have versus state power, and and who's you know, who who's calling the shots? Well, largely who's calling the shots is social media. Um, and that's done on a global level, according to their terms and conditions or community standards or the particular rule set that's been specifically designed by that social network themselves. And yes, there are some hooks that nation states are trying to gain in terms of reflecting national interest in those pieces, but they're hard to do. They're particularly hard for New Zealand to do as a small country in the bottom of the world. There was this really particularly challenging matter a couple of years ago where a Google News alert shared information that was suppressed in New Zealand 
about a particular case that was before the courts. And all of a sudden, despite the fact that in New Zealand, that information was not allowed to be shared publicly, you had the global Google platform share the details that were otherwise suppressed in this country. Mm. So when we buy into social media at the moment, we're buying into a rule set that isn't ours. It's been written by those companies. And yes, credit where credit's due, these companies are trying to address these challenges in their way. There has to still be room for government to do this and do it better, right? And that's on the challenges of algorithmic transparency and how extremism is driven. That's not at the level of trying to clamp down on gangs posting pictures online. Mm -hmm. That's not the right approach for you to take on this. Yeah, now, Steve's, that was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.